Hi, welcome to episode 653 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and is it just me, or does a party at Jeff Bezos' house look like a party at Dr. Doom's Latvian Embassy? Every week, I mean, every month on the Fantastic Forecast, I'll be talking about a different issue of the Fantastic Four, starting with issue one, and I can't stop. On this episode, it's Fantastic Four, volume six, number 18, released in January 2020, Point of Origin, Part 4, World Breakers, written by Dan Slott, art by Paco Medina, Francesco Mana, and Carlos Magno. So we start right after the revelation that the overseer of Planet Spire manipulated cosmic rays to give to give the FF powers on purpose. Yeah, that sounds pretty stupid to me, too. Does Dan Slott really think that the planet Spire will in any way be featured in the upcoming Fantastic Four movie as part of their origin? I think not. As you can imagine, the people of Spire aren't happy to hear this, especially the monsters, as they were also ir irradiated with cosmic rays to deal with the threat of the Fantastic Four, a threat the Overseer himself created. Coming up with solutions to problems that don't exist. Huh. I didn't know that Spire had Republicans too. The Overseer admits to his people that it's true, it's true. Skye is pissed off because of, for years, everyone blamed her for using the Great Eye to find Earth and to find Johnny Storm, her lover. Overseer is like, stop it. It's not your place to question the Overseer. The two Solar Lady girlfriends stick by the Overseer and says that everything he does, he does for a purpose. And they threateningly accuse Johnny and the FF of being invaders. So the Overseer explains himself. He said they had a perfect society. Everyone was matched out with their soulmate, which that kind of arranged marriage shit doesn't sound so perfect to me. What if you don't want a soulmate? What if you don't want to get married yet? What if you want to play the field instead? What if you want to do nothing but read comics, record podcasts, and hook up with random guys on Grindr all the time? Who knows what I'm into? I mean, who knows what people are into? Anyway, the Overseer says that he bombarded the FF with cosmic rays because he was hoping to kill them, not give them powers. How the hell does he even know the FF were coming to Spire anyway? They were still in Earth's orbit when they got struck down by cosmic rays. So the monster puts two and two together and figured the Overseer really screwed them the most. Ben asks where he can find the real Overseer and not just a hologram. King Scrom tells Ben that he'd gladly show him the way. So Ben and the monsters run off as Belter and Citadel arrive and they're like, what's going on? So they fill them in on what's going on. Citadel seems unmoved and he still wants to lay a smackdown on the Fantastic Four. Sky flies over to him and says, You'd strike down my soulmate? Does our culture and my happiness mean that little to you? He has to take a moment to think about it. Can you blame him? We see these monsters from Lowtown running wild through the streets, wanting to tear down everything. Like a bunch of Bernie Sanders supporters who just got released from their parents' basements. Meanwhile, Sue seems upset with Reed for offering up that piece of information, causing such chaos. 
Reed explains that he wanted the people of Spire to know that they're not at fault for all this. Next, Sue starts to think about Ben and how he must feel about what they just learned. And she's concerned about the overseer. He's going to kill him, Sue says. I don't know why she's so concerned about the overseer. He seems like a real dick. Back at the Tower of Oversight, which I've figured out the Dan Slot method for naming things. Just be as literal as possible. There's no doubt what the Tower of Oversight is, or the Hall of Heroes, or names like King Scrum or the Overseer. Everything is boom right on the nose. So Ben and King Scrum arrive at the Tower of Oversight. Scrum reveals that he used to work there as a venerated member of the High Council. Why would he call himself a venerated member? Who calls themselves venerated? We see that Scrum can still access the express elevator that goes to the top. And then, as Ben travels up the elevator with Scrum, Sue makes the wall invisible around him, and she can see him in the elevator. How the hell did she just pick the right spot to make invisible? Anyway, Sue is like, oh no! Got Ben, while Reed goes over to help Johnny unparalleled. The unparalleled, oh, such a terrible name. The unparalleled are like, we have to stop those monsters. And Johnny is like, those aren't monsters, those are your people. Sky joins in with Johnny and tells her team to stand down. The water witch dude, calling himself a water witch, Elementa, he calls Sky a traitor and blasts her with, with water. Johnny's ready to fight back, and Elementa relishes the idea of a water versus fire match. And, you know, water really does seem to have the upper hand here. Like, how do you fight fire? With water! Sue uses her force field to take her to the top of the tower, where she finds Ben being very, very mad at the Overseer, who is wearing a purple and green suit of armor. Like, who does he think he is? Lex Luthor? Before Ben can really destroy the Overseer, Sue puts a force field around the Overseer so Ben can't get to him. You know, I bet when Ben isn't looking, Sue turns to the Overseer, and she's like, Thanks for the awesome powers, dude. Back with Johnny and Elementa, the water puts out Johnny's flames, of course, but Johnny still manages to fly over and sock Elementa in the face. Since when can Johnny fly while not flamed on? Now Reed tells Johnny to calm down, and Johnny replies, He went after Sky, my soulmate. And Reed is like, The woman you just met? Johnny really needs to get a, see a therapist or something. He really falls in love with these crazy women so fast. Back with Sky, we see that the big guy Citadel has caught her. Reed gets the impression that Citadel is the one who loves Sky. But did Reed see how big he is? He would destroy her in bed. And then they notice that the top of the Tower of Oversight is crumbling apart. I guess Ben is there pounding the tower really hard. Uh, wait, I mean, let me rephrase that. Ben is pounding and punching up there and causing the tower to crumble apart. The tower is like miles tall, it says. Now how is that a civilization that is supposed to be less advanced than ours can build a huge skyscraper miles tall? Reed yells out to the unparalleled 
that they need to team up and save the people of the city from falling debris by atomizing it, clearing out civilians, and Reed says to push the debris toward Lowtown. Well, that's not very nice to the people living in Lowtown. So everyone starts to team up, the Unparalleled start working with the Fantastic Four, and the monsters of Lowtown start helping out as well. After the building finishes, which takes like two pages, two pages of falling, the heroes have to start going through the rubble to find anyone trapped underneath. Sue shows up with an invisible bubble over herself, Ben, and King Scrum. Ben apologizes for losing his head and crossing the line. You know, he destroyed a building that is miles tall. It fell over on a very crowded city. He must have just killed like hundreds, thousands of people. And he's like, oh, sorry about that. We also learn that Sue was unable to save the overseer in the collapse, and now he's dead. That one guy, Elementa, looks around at the devastation and he says, the overseer is down, the great eye is destroyed, the entire basis of our great society lies in ruins. So he's pissed. King Scrum seems to agree, and he's like, the prophecies of the foretold all came true. You are the world breakers, one of them says, yelling at the Fantastic Four. And that is where this issue comes to an end, to be continued in the next one, and concluded, hopefully. So first, here's a few things that I did not like about this issue. Number one, it's another issue with a whole bunch of artists. Stop it. Stop it already. The art style changes a bit constantly, constantly throughout the book. Would it kill them to have one penciler do every issue? Number two, I did not like Ben destroying that entire building. That entire sequence makes Ben look like a complete idiot. And frankly, isn't he like a mass murderer now? Like, if a building that is miles tall collapses in a crowded city, it's going to kill a shit ton of people. Tons and tons of people killed. Number three, I just did not care for the overall story. Why was it necessary for the adventure on the planet Spire to be included, uh, include some kind of retconning of the Fantastic Four's origin? To get Ben so angry, he'll kill a bunch of people? That seems like it's getting swept under the rug, by the way, isn't it? Like, no one seems to care that, oh, look, a building fell on the city. I feel like they could have told the same story without all the retcon action. I guess it's something that they did just to get attention. To get a headline on, like, Bleeding Cool or Newsarama or something. So now, here's something that I did like about this issue. Number one. You know, I can't think of anything. I am so tired of this story. I really want it to be over. Oh, oh, I just thought of one thing that I did like about this issue. And this story in general. The absence of Franklin and Valeria. Yay! At least this feels like a Fantastic Four book without the two kids. Ugh, and with the kids, it feels like the adventures of Franklin and Valeria. I'm curious to see what happens when they get back. And if it'll go back to being the Franklin and Valeria show again. So anyway, on a scale of 1 to 4, I give this issue a 1. So that's it. Once again, I'm all caught up. No more issues of the Fantastic Four. At least, not for a few weeks. 
So now I was thinking, instead of doing these once a week, I'll be doing them once a month. And since I'm only doing once a month, in that episode, along with the regular monthly issue of the Fantastic Four, I'm also going to talk about some other subject, usually some other issue or issues, but there will also be some things like top 10 list, talking about TV shows or movies or all kinds of stuff like that. But I can't decide. I can't decide what to talk about first. I've gone over and over, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this, I don't know. But anyway, I've heard other podcasts and I've seen YouTube videos where they, they spin a wheel or they roll dice or something to see what they're going to talk about. So I thought, huh, that sounds like fun. I'm going to steal that. I'm going to do that. So at the end of every episode, I'll spin a wheel of stuff and whatever it lands on, I'm going to be talking about in the next episode. And I've decided to give myself only one veto. Where if I don't like what comes up on the on the spin, I can spin again, but I only have one veto per year, so I have to use it wisely. So, here's what I've decided on as my uh, first 12 selections on the Wheel of Ideas. Number one is issues one and two of Fantastic Four, World's Greatest Comics Magazine which was a 12-issue miniseries from 2001-2002. It was done as if Stan Lee and Jack Kirby had stayed together longer and did an extra 12 issues. It's a very strange book. Number two, Fantastic Four, Secret Invasion, issues one, and th one two, and three. A three-issue miniseries that ties into the big Secret Invasion crossover from 2008. Number three, issues one and two of Super Villain Team-Up, a short-lived series from the 1970s featuring Doctor Doom. You know, I haven't read these in a long, long time. I'm kind of rooting for this to come up on the wheel the most. Number four, Challengers of the Fantastic, a Marvel DC amalgam book from 1997 that combines the Fantastic Four with the Challengers of the Unknown. Amalgam must be surely be one of the weirdest crossover events ever. So bizarre. Number five, from 1999, Another DC Marvel book, it's Fantastic Four Superman, it's like a 64 page graphic novel. I've read this once and I have no recollection, no recollection of what happened at all. I'm also kind of rooting for this to come up on the wheel. Number six, issues one and two of the Invisible Woman miniseries from last year. This is a crazy series that puts Sue Richards into some kind of weird spy story working for S.H.I.E.L.D., which is totally unlike anything we've ever seen a member of the Fantastic Four ever do. Number seven, Fantastic Four X-Men issues one and two, part of the four-issue miniseries from 1987. I think I mentioned this one last episode. It's where they think that Reed may have planned the rocket accident on purpose. Number eight, and now some more unusual stuff. Number eight is the top ten hottest Fantastic Four villains. I'll be ranking what I consider to be the 10 most attractive Fantastic Four villains of all time. Number 9 is episode 1 of the Fantastic Four radio show from the early 1970s, featuring the voices of Stan Lee and Bill Murray. Yeah, that Bill Murray. So we'll play some clips from that and discuss 
I guess Lauren Michaels heard that radio show and was like, I need that Johnny Storm guy for my late night comedy show. Number 10, Marvel 2-in-1, Random Issue. This is, of course, the Thing team-up series from the 1970s. If I land on this, I'll go to a random number generator that picks a number between 1 and 100, and whatever number it selects is the issue that I'll do. Number 11, Fantastic Four, Random Issue. Yes, if I land on this, I will go back and redo an entire issue that I've done at some point in the last 10 years. I'll stick, I don't know, 635 numbers into the random number generator and see what comes up. And during the show, I'll pull some old clips from my previous podcast and discuss. It's like a podcast about a podcast. And finally, number 12. For this, it's the last Fantastic Four story from 2007 by Stan Lee and John Romita Jr. So anyway, the thing about this is, I was thinking, I should do the last Fantastic Four story in the final episode of the Fantastic Four cast. And here's the thing, if this comes up on the wheel, the very next episode will end with this comic and that will be the last Fantastic Forecast ever. So the stakes are very, very high. What other podcast puts the entire fate of the podcast on the line each and every episode? Nobody. Nobody's dumb enough to play Russian roulette with their own podcast. But when I spin that wheel, the fate of the podcast is on the line. If the last Fantastic Four story comes up, the next episode will be the last Fantastic Forecast. And so now it's time for the very first spin of the, I'll call it, the Fantastic Wheel of Doom. Here it goes. It's spinning. It takes like 15 seconds, it says. Spinning. And we've got Supervillain Team Up Radio Show, Marvel 2 in 1, Random Fantastic Four. That's it. Random. A random issue of the Fantastic Four. And so I've got another step to do. I have to go into the random number generator and see what comes up. I'm kind of bummed out. This is the first thing to show up on the wheel. I got to do another Fantastic Four. <laughs> what kind of stupid idea was that? Oh, I'm going to redo a, a comic that I've already done. So stupid. Okay, so I've got the random number generator up. Issues between 1 and 635. So I hit the generator and I get issue 417. And holy crap, what a strange selection. 417 is volume 2, issue 1. Renaissance, which is the first issue of the Jim Lee Heroes Reborn uh, whatever series. Terrible, terrible, terrible comic. So that's it. How exciting. I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing an episode that I did all over again. I originally recorded episode 417 on April 20th, 
2015. So about five years later, we're doing it again. So that is the end of this episode. I'll be back in a few weeks after the new issue of the Fantastic Four comes out. If you have any questions about the Unparalleled, about this podcast, or or if you need, uh, or if you have any suggestions for the wheel, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. You can download episodes at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over.